Good to see you. And I'm um, <clears throat> going to continue our series about growth, growing. And um, what I want to look at this morning is growing together. It's good to have uh, an apple tree, but it's even better to have an orchard. Because the apple trees in the orchard, when they grow together, are more productive. Because they're insects that can go in between them and pollinate them and you get lots of... So I believe that that horticultural, agricultural principle can be brought into our Christian lives, a spiritual principle. So let me just read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it starts at verse 12. I've got this strange edition that I'm reading from, but it's contemporary English. I thought I should use it this morning. But it says that the human body <clears throat> consists of many different parts, but they all work together as a single unit. Many parts but one body. It's similar with the body of Christ. When we were all baptized, the Spirit of God was at work to make us parts of the one body of Christ. Whether we were Jews or, or not, slaves or free men, and we have all drunk of the same living water and the one Spirit of God. We've all seen the body that has not, we have seen that the body has not one part but many. Imagine the foot saying, I am not a hand so I do not belong to the body. To say such a thing would not mean that the foot was not part of the body. Or suppose the ear said, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. Would that mean that the ear ceased to be part of the body? If the body consists of only an eye, it would not be able to hear. And if the whole body was an ear, how would it be able to smell anything? But in his wisdom, God has arranged every part of the body precisely according to his plan. Now that's all pretty straightforward, isn't it? We are all aware how our bodies work, different parts but one body. If everyone was alike, it says, there could be no body. Yet the facts are clear. We are made of many parts but have only one body. And it goes on to say, one part can't say, I don't have need of you. And it says in verse 25, he wants no division of the body, but all to be regarded as important and to have concern for one another. You know, I love the fact this morning that we've been able to share needs and have concern for one another because we are part of the one body and we're devoted to one another. We're all important, regarded as important. And when one suffers, every other part shares that suffering. So... When one member is honoured, we can all rejoice with him or her, Marina. <laughs> now, your Christ's body and every one of you is a member of it. God has appointed certain people in the church to be apostles. They should be regarded first and essential for they oversee the welfare of the whole body. Then there are prophets who speak words from God's heart and uh, to the hearts of the people. Third, in line are those who teach God's word. Then come those who work miracles uh, and others through whom who've received gifts of healing there are those who have the ability to help others and those who can organize oh I love those people and handle administrative matters I love them even more and there are all of those who are able to speak in different languages we're able to serve one another because we're different and we are one body okay 
so this morning I want to look at how we can grow together. Because all those parts in one body, they grow together, don't they? My little finger's not as little as it was when I was ten. It's grown with the body. Judith spoke last week about trees and roots. And she spoke about the cedar tree, isn't it, that goes down. But the palm tree has roots that go out horizontally. And that speaks about relationship and how we can reach out to one another. So it was a good, a good introduction to what I've got to say this morning. You know, our Christian faith is personal. It, it, it's, it's a personal thing. It's the result of an individual having a personal relationship and faith in Jesus Christ, who when we have that, he comes into our life, he changes our whole way of thinking and our whole outlook, and he gives us new life and makes us new creations. And you can't become a Christian by proxy. You can't send someone to church for you. You can't get someone to make a decision for Christ for you. You have got to do it. It's personal. You and God, it's a relationship. It's personal. But it's not private. And that's the difference. It's a personal relationship that actually involves others. You see, I can't fully follow Jesus without being committed to other Christians. I can't grow effectively unless I'm in an orchard. Because we need to grow together. Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. And he said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is very personal. You love the Lord with everything you've got. This, he said, is the first and greatest commandment. You see, this is our direct walk with God and it's the key issue which governs all of our lives. If we don't know and love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, then we'll love something else better and then we will not live according to knowing him. Does that make sense? But then he went on to say, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the horizontal bit. This is the relational bit where we need one another. You see, it's a lot easier loving God than it is loving other people sometimes. Am I right? Yes. God's vision for our lives, however requires that we need other people sometimes to help us. You see, God's got a vision for our lives and it involves our character and our purpose. And that reading addressed, was addressed to a church community, not an individual. And he was speaking about it being like a body with parts that function together. And that's what the church is about. It's not a building. It's not a religious organization. It's people who work together. Relationship is vital and none of us, none of us will ever reach our potential in God without it. I want to give you a quick theology lesson. And it's about the Trinity of God. You see, God, I'm going to whiz through this really quick, but God is a relationship. He is a relationship. You see, God, there is one God. But the Bible teaches us that one God is made up of three persons. Now, don't ask me to explain that to you because that's about God and I don't get it all. But that is how he reveals himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. But it's one God, but made up of three persons. So the very being of God is a relationship. Yeah? Just take it, all right? In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
right God the Father now the earth was formless uh, and darkness was over the surface of the and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters see the Holy Spirit was at creation God created the heavens and then God said let there be light God said said he spoke the word who is the word it's Jesus the son so father son and Holy Spirit one God were at creation making creation I won't ask you if that makes sense because it really doesn't make sense to me because it's God but I believe it you try explaining a video player to an ant my mobile phone Mr. Spider as you will this is a mobile phone it's an iPhone he doesn't care even though he's got a website. Whoa! <laughs> I just thought of that. Yeah, it just came. It just came. That, that, was, that was direct from, from somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> you see, see, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But if you go over to John, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word was God Jesus the word was at the beginning and without him all things were made and without him nothing was made do you see that so in creation God the relationship of God was was there if you see in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says the one God says let us make mankind in our image that's weird isn't it one God said let us make God in our make man and mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the the earth you see we're made in God's image do you know you're made up of three bits and all there's my body this Adonis that standeth before thee it's me and there is my soul my body is the word world conscious bit I see things with it, I smell things with it, I hear, I touch. Right? I walk around on feet. But there's my soul, which is my self-conscious bit. It's my mind, my intellect, my will. It's what makes this body move around. But then there's my spirit. And that's the God-conscious bit. And when you give your life to Jesus, when you become a Christian, when you get saved, whatever you want to call it, that spiritual part, that God-conscious part, comes alive. That's why the Bible says that you were dead in your trespasses in sin, but God made us alive. Well, you were alive before that. You were alive in the body. You were alive in the spirit. You were alive physically. You were alive self-consciously. But when you know Jesus, something inside just sparks into life and you know him you know my body is me my soul is me my spirit is me but I'm only one because God made me in his image God made me in his image you see so and then when God did things in the world and sent Jesus look what happened God the Father sent the Son the Word who was empowered by the Holy Spirit do you see how God the relationship works and then God created relationship let's make man in our own image it's not good for a man to be alone so he created woman um, God said let us make man in our image in the likeness in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish then he said be fruitful and increase in numbers he created relationship right at the very beginning not only between mankind who he created and God but between mankind and mankind 
we are here because we've got a reason to be here. And the people that are around you are there because God put them there. And we are called to serve him in relationship. Those are foundational principles, but they teach us that we have a call. We have a call. We have a requirement to relate to one another. One another. One another, no, no. Whatever that means. That personal relationship with God needs to be outworked with others. It's not that you become a Christian, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got a new perspective on life and you go off to an island and stay there. That's it. What are you doing on that island? I'm just living for Jesus. Do you know what? You really live for Jesus when you're rubbing shoulders with people who might annoy you a bit. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> what did Jesus do? He called disciples, didn't he? He didn't wander around doing it on his own. The first thing he did when he started his ministry, he called a disciple no he called disciples and he called them all together and they got up each other's noses am I allowed to say that from the front they really did rub each other the wrong way Peter and John were so different and, and you, can, you can read between the lines how they used to kind of oh, great each other you know and, and who's the greatest amongst us and you know and Peter must have really annoyed John John was a quietish bloke like me and yet Peter <laughs> Peter Peter was a noisier type type of fella like <laughs> no you, sorry so now you're thinking of Zacchaeus aren't you uh, so, <laughs> but there were personality clashes in the disciples have uh, do you know a church anywhere where there are not personality clashes? Well, for goodness sake, if you find one, don't go there. Because you'll mess it all up, all right? <laughs> our togetherness, look, listen, our togetherness is an expression of the kingdom of God. In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the church were called to fellowship, togetherness. It says in Acts 2, 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And they were known as disciples because they loved one another. If they hadn't been together, they couldn't love one another. It's very easy loving somebody you don't have anything to do with because they don't bother you. A shepherd once said, sheep out on the field, don't they look cute? little fluffy woolly things that go bah and they gamble along on the grass you get near them and you start getting the maggots out of them and you start getting whatever you need to do out of them and they're not so cute they stink do, do you know what when you get together with I know I'm going to say that <laughs> no it's not true but do you see what I mean we, we are called to get involved with one another you know, I believe with all my heart that being together 
is such an important, it should be a priority for every single one of us to be here. Now, I know not everyone can be here every week, but I have this thing, you know, God puts people on my heart who, if they haven't been here for a while, I tend to ring them. And just for the record, I'm not chasing you up. I haven't got a black book with your name in it. It's a red book. No, I haven't got a book at all. No, I haven't got a book at all. But if you're not here, we miss you because you're part of this place. We love you. You are important. And don't ever think, don't ever think, don't ever think, no one will miss me if I'm not here. If I got out of bed in the morning and my foot stayed behind, I'd have to hop for the rest of the day. The foot would think, he won't miss me today, I'll have a lie in. No, every single one of you guys is important. Every single one of you has a part to play in that body that it speaks about there in 1 Corinthians 12. Every single one of you has a part to play. You are valuable. So just for the record, I'm not chasing you up. I'm just showing you, 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 you matter. You matter. We love you. That's all right. It's a pleasure. Do you know... Can I just say as well, in Acts chapter 240, it says they devoted themselves. It's not my job to chase up everyone every week to make sure you come here. You're supposed to devote yourselves. I get here because my wife makes me. <laughs> I get here because I love it here. You, I hate being away. You know, I've been away a, couple, a, few, a bit more on a Sunday than I like recently. Now, it's not because I'm religious and it's the Lord's day, so I must be here. It's because I love being here. Because this is where I belong. This is my family. This is the body that I belong to. It's great. You see, that was a, you know, it's a really strong image, isn't it, in 1 Corinthians 3. You are a body of Christ. You're not a load of kind of um, loosely affiliated people. Each one of you is a part of it, verse 27. And there are people with different sorts of gifts. I might have told you, I, I organise with Mark, actually. Mark's here, this is great, see Mark. We organise leaders' breakfasts every month for the local leaders. And I did a silly thing. I organised a leaders' breakfast here when Judith was away. See you, mate. That's it. Relax. I organised a leader's breakfast when Judith was away. Now, organising breakfast isn't my strong suit. And bless this lady who was my hero. I didn't ask her. I didn't ask her, but bless her heart. She came and did it for me. Judith was so cross. <laughs> she says, why is it you organise things and everyone comes and helps you? It's because I know my place in the body. No, and because, 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 isn't it great that people who can do what I can't do, do it. That's great. Do you know what? Put me in with those kids. It would be worse. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I can't do that. I can't. 
It's about five minutes, I'll get away with it. Then that's it, I'll finish. Just do what you want. I'm out. I'm out of here. We don't all have the same gifts. But every single one of those gifts are important. You are just as important as the person next to you. We honour every person because we are all people. From the whole body, joined together, held in every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Ephesians 4, 16. Do you know, belonging. We need to belong. Yeah, we all belong to stuff, don't we? <laughs> we no, we do. Um, we all belong to things. I belong to some things. I belong. Can I say, yesterday we were out, because uh, it was Rachel's birthday, and we had a, a night away in the New Forest, and we were out yesterday, and we parked up, and there were these two blokes in camper vans. And they, and they, they were, they were there. And they, and they were um, cooking breakfast out in the wild open. And I went over to them. I said, morning. I said, morning. I said, did you park here tonight, last night? I said, why? <laughs> and I said, no. I just and then he looked over and saw my camper van. He said, oh, didn't realise you had a camper van. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we were best friends. We were buddies because we belong. We belong, we, we belong you see. There you go. We belong. And look, I've even got... A t-shirt, with it on? I be, you know, I don't do this, but I believe that people who've got the same sort of camper van to me, when you go past, they do this kind of VW sign out the window. I must learn it. I've got to learn it. No, I know. <laughs> Why did you have the accident, sir? I was doing a VW sign. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I belong to that fraternity of, of camper van people. And the moment they realized I had a camper van, I was in. Before that, I was a nosy threat. Are you going to tell us off for being here? No. Twice a year, and I'm going to do it more, I hope, in the future, I go down to Portland Bird Observatory. Because I'm a bird watcher. And I have a T-shirt. Look at that. It's so cool, isn't it? I don't think so. Um, that is... They're flying around. Uh, but that's the, the logo for the Bird Observatory. All right, you got... You've not got your glasses on, have you? No, that's all right. Okay. Um, when I go there, do you know, they know me so well now, they don't even give me a, a membership card. You don't need one, Dave. We know you. I belong. There's all these weirdos walking around with beards and glasses and telescopes, and I, and, and, and I just, I just fit in so well. I'm like a fish in water when I get there. Oh, it's great. You walk around here with a telescope and a tripod, and everyone looks at you. You walk there and you're normal. It's normal. I belong. Oh, you like this one? Look at that. Oh. <laughs> what do we hear about there we go you see now that told you didn't I I told you good to meet you good to see you first time here he's got a Crystal Palace badge on and, it, and do you know what this 
I'm not into football in a big way. I'm not. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, can I just say, glass houses and stones, Mr. Aston Villa, all right? <laughs> now, but can I say that our three grandsons, or well, two of them at the moment, get on buses in Manchester with Crystal Palace shirts on. <laughs> Amen. Fantastic. So they, they, they wear the shirt because that's who they identify with. And last of all, that's a dog's lead. Dog's lead and poo bags. Do you know what? Who's got a dog here? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? When you walk your dog, you're part of a, of a family, aren't you? The people in the park that I walk my dog at, if I'm not there for a while, they'll say to me, I was asking after you, Davey, you've been all right. I've done funerals for people who were dog walkers. I've prayed for sick dogs. I have. And it got healed. That's true, it's true. The dog's dead now, but that was a while ago. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but he got, he got well at the time. <laughs> it's true. No, he was an old dog. All right. But the point is this. Because, I, because I've got a dog, other dog, people talk to me. Because if you've got a dog in the park, you're not weird. If you walk around as a man in the morning, especially with binoculars like I do, you're already weird. <laughs> But I'm not, because I've got a dog. And I'm part of that. Do you know, people belong to all sorts of things. People belong to Facebook. I really don't know what that's about. But they, they, they put things out, and you have to be liked. And you've got friends. And none of those friends really care less. And, 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 and people really, you know, they, people, do you know, what I'm basically saying is this, that people want to belong to something. People identify because it's in our creation. It's how we were made. We want to belong to things. People belong to golf clubs. They, all, they kind of um, compare their putters, I suppose. I don't know. They're handicaps and whatever. I don't know what that means. But you belong to car clubs and stuff. Do you know all those things? It's a thing to belong to. Right? But let me say that the church family, the church body is not something that we just belong to. It's something that is part of us and that we are part of. We must never ever treat the church as just another club that we belong to. We come on a Sunday because that's when it's held. We put our money in, that's our subs. We get a bit blessed and that's it. We go home. No, actually, what we are part of affects what's out there. When we come together, we grow together, I trust. We encourage one another together. So that makes us stronger to go out and live in that big wide world outside where we, we minister and serve him. You see, we need to grow together. It's funny, isn't it, that um, the devil counterfeits what God wants to create. He created relationship. And what the devil will do is create bad relationships. Evil relationships. 
things that are bad. Gang culture. So you've got to have a knife because the gang says so, and it's for my protection, and I belong. Hey, there's something far greater to belong to. Can I say, whoever you are, when you come into this place, we honour you and you belong. We honour you and we take you as you are. There are no second-class citizens in this church. But our biggest desire is this, that not only do you belong here, but we want you to believe and know Jesus. And then if you do that, you will change. We accept everyone as they are, but we don't expect anyone to stay as they are, including me, including you, any of us. That's not saying you're not good enough, but then none of us are good enough in God's sight. But he's at work in us and he wants us to grow together. Okay? They were all together in one place in Acts chapter 2. All together in one place. And that's when the Holy Spirit fell upon to empower the church. When Peter and John were released from prison, they knew where to go. They went back to their own people. They went back to the church. They went back to the body. They went back to the people who they were part of. And in Acts chapter 5, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers, get this, used to meet together in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. They met together. In verse 13, it says, No one else dared join them. You see, it wasn't a club to join. They didn't join them. Oh, I fancy going along to that church. I think I'll join that. They didn't join them because it was so powerful and awesome because God was there. No one else did join, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added. If you're here, it's because God has added you here, not because you decided to join. As a result, people brought sick to the streets and uh, people were healed and miracles were done because the people were together and God's presence was there. In Hebrews 10, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You can only do that when you're together. Can't you? Or in touch. It's, it's more than just a Sunday. It's, there's, there's all these little friendship things going around and encouragement and people meet together. It's great. But let's spur one another on to love again. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we're not called to be independent. We're not called, on the other hand, to be dependent. Oh, I'm here and I just I can't do anything without anybody. No, we're called to be interdependent. You see, how what each part does its work, each part does its job. Oh, do you know when over these last months, when it's been going all with my dad, and then when it was the funeral, can I tell you, church family, you have been outstanding, outstanding, because you've been there, and I'm part of you. That's how it works. That's how it works. Oh well, we belong to many things, but we mustn't look on those things 
in the same way as we look at the church. Um, I was involved in some interviews. And one of the questions I asked, or was told to ask, was, what's the importance of church to you? And most of the people said, well, I go to church because my friends are there, because I enjoy it, and because I come away feeling encouraged. That's all good, right? One person said, it's the place that gives me an opportunity to serve. Yeah. And that is really what it's about. You know, the church is the thing that Jesus gave his life for. He's called us to be together, a people who have made Jesus Lord over our lives, our futures, and our behavior. And those other things that we belong to, the life that we live, is where we take Jesus to. Our fellowship and our oneness in the church is what we are part of. It's so much bigger. I could say this for Judith as well. We are passionate about the church because it's God's plan to save the world. He invested in it and it's worth more than just a kind of a club membership. We need to love it, value it, be committed to it. And do you know what? When, when we said that uh, in a few years' time we're, we're going to, it's that word in it, retire, but we're not moving on. Um, I'm not calling it retire, I'm calling it refire, all right? Different. What it means is that Wes has got to do things that I don't like doing and I can just do the bits I like. <laughs> There's an element of that, mate, I'm sorry, but that's true. But you know how you say something and some t you don't get heard? I do it as well. We all do it. And we try to make it clear that we're not going anywhere. Uh, and somebody came to me and said, I suppose you'll be moving to Eastbourne then. I said, what? What do I go to Eastbourne for? I said, well, that's all the, re where all the retired people go. If you're from Eastbourne, I for forgive me, please. And, and no, no, I'm not going to Eastbourne. I'm staying here. And I'll tell you why I'm staying here. Because my family's here. Not only is my grand or our grandchild here and the other one's coming on the way and our daughter's here. I mean, goodness me, Andrew messed all that up. He went to Manchester. So what do I do? Move to Birmingham so I could be equidistant between them. It's a lose-lose. I mean, with due respect to Birmingham, I don't want to live there. And, and, yeah, and, and, and they're both a long way away. But family's here. But do you know what? More than that, more than that, you're here families here and, I, and God has given me such a love and a commitment to the church do you know in the 21st century there is a bit of a kind of a I'll do what I want no actually in the kingdom of God we do what he wants and there needs to be a culture that sets an example of commitment to one another and that's often reflected by the fact that we come and we minister to one another on a Sunday or a life group or wherever else. And the other thing is this, folks. I heard a family say that we're following Jesus, but we don't see the need of going to church. 
okay now you might be strong you might be able to survive but what example are you setting your children who don't understand that you see by the grace of God we've got two kids who are now adults who are serving Jesus and the reason they're serving Jesus is his grace but they saw the value and the importance of the family of God and the body of Christ to which we're in. Marla makes me laugh. She owns this place. Have you noticed? She just she goes around here as if she's in charge because it's is in charge because it's her life. Growing together is God's order of things. It reflects his very being. We don't just come to receive. We come to give and minister and bless one another. And if you, me, if we are serious about growing, because we're not just doing this little series to fill in a few weeks, but if we're serious about growing, it can't happen effectively without others. We need challenging, we need stretching. And when we are isolated, we become vulnerable, like seed in that parable that fell among the thorns. And, you know, the thorns in that seed, in that parable were a picture of worries and the deceitfulness of wealth. Interesting. Some people say, I haven't been to church for a while because I've been so stressed and worried. That's the time you should jolly well be here. And then other people, please pray for that promotion at work. I really need this rise. And they get this top job and they never see him again. It's wrong. You see, you need Jesus. We need each other and we need to grow. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And my final verse is 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Amen? We belong to Jesus and we belong to one another. And what I'm going to do, I haven't asked anybody to do serving. I should have done that. I want four people, please. Uh, administration, see. I, I, I told you. Um, I could, yeah. So what I f- felt we should really do, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to break bread together. I did. I mentioned life groups. I did, I did, I did, I did. Men- life groups, okay? We do life, yeah. Life groups, um, that's part of what we do. Uh, that's, look at, look, all these administrators are moving. Oh, bless you. I told you I love them more. Um, yeah. Fellowship, being together, that's one of the richest places for it. If you want to know more about it, she's not here today. Oh, it's funny that, but Jill, uh, or talk to me or Judith or one of us, and we'll, we'll get you sorted on that. But I want to just pray. And then we're going to break bread together because that is um, an act of kind of, it's a, it's a picture really of what Jesus has done for us and our commitment to the body. Okay? So the servers will come around in a minute when I ask them to. But Father, we just come to you this morning. We thank you for this time. We thank you that we've been able to encourage one another, to pray for one another. 
And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be a church that has one another's backs. That as we serve you, help us to serve you together. Help us to value and create a culture of value for the body of Christ and the church of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to know you, but to share that knowledge and to that strength and that relationship we have with you, to share it with one another, that we together will grow and become the body that you've called us to be in Jesus' name could be this morning that you do not know the Lord as your saviour. It could be that you haven't got that vertical, as it were, that personal thing going. Well, you can rectify that. You'll never be good enough, but you're never bad enough because it's about a work of grace that God does in our lives. And while our heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who wants to make a declaration, really, or, or wants to know more about knowing Jesus in that personal way, would you just give me a wave where you are? I'm looking all around. Could be that everyone if he knows about you or you're not ready. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm just giving an opportunity. I'm not leaning on anyone. If you know the Lord is your saviour, I'm going to invite you to take the bread and the wine because that is an expression of our unity and our relationship with God. So Lord, we pray, help us right now as we take the bread together to know the commitment that you are calling us to have with you in Jesus name Amen Yeah. And having listened to that, you know that 
this isn't the end of the meeting. This is just the bit where you minister to each other and bless each other by the things you say to each other and take to each other. And I do believe that part of that is that there's going to be some coffee and stuff up the end. Thank you. Father God, praise you for today. Amen. Yeah, not Sunday morning next week. Anyone?